So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. We had talked about yesterday um, on the rents you know, people not qualifying. So you want to bring that up? That That is what is my concern right now that I think affects most real estate investors and what's going on in the overall market. Because rents, like I said, are up 13% year over year. Um, average is 8%. And I don't know very many people making 13% pay raises every single year and stuff like that. So when we underwrite a tenant, Somebody applies, sends in an application. I want them to verify. I want them to send an income verification because our threshold is I want three times gross income to rent. So meaning, if they make, if my rent's a thousand dollars, they need to bring in at least three thousand dollars a month in gross income before I will rent to them. Right. Same thing, fifteen hundred. I want forty five hundred. Well, what my curiosity and like kind of what I'm seeing, we had a tenant move in and they had brought husband, wife, kid, and grandma. To live with them in one household uh to to move here and like with that they in- made the income mm-hmm. um with rents increasing like this and we talked about this with apartment complexes how we started it like are people starting to undercut just because hey i can go refinance and get a bunch of money i'm gonna do that but i need to increase my rents to keep my cash flow high but i'm not getting those good three uh, three times rent multiplier anymore i'm getting 2.8 Mm 2.7, 2.5. Yeah, but I just refinanced and I need that money. So I'm going to downgrade my quality of tenant because the tenants don't have inventory to choose from. And there's this massive upward pressure and inflation and stuff like that. And wages are not increasing with that. So that is a piece that makes me worry of like what could bring down real estate. It's like, well, if rents, people just can't afford it and they start losing jobs and the economy starts to stop expanding, it's like rents could fall. And if rents fall, then that drives down prices for the fact that people need to sell inventory because they did not keep quality cash flow. They saw like, hey, I can increase from uh, my rents from fourteen hundred to sixteen hundred. I can refinance, and my payment goes from, let's say, they pulled out a bunch of equity, and their payment was a thousand at fourteen hundred to get four hundred dollars cash flow. Rent went to sixteen hundred. They refinance, and they brought all the way up their payment to fourteen fifty. So instead of having 400 cash flow, now they only have 150 cash flow. Yep. But because they just could, they saw everybody else's rents being super high. We just comp to the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is that you're bringing on much riskier tenants. Yeah. That anything Aren't happens, they, they can't. They can't. Now you're having to deal with evictions. You're having to deal with missed payments, and like you, to your point, this is something that we always try to, you know, warn investors and and try to help them. Share, tell them like you got to be more educated when you do investments, right? And and we've seen that that trend being multifamily housing and all that, how you know popular and cool that is. And yet that's where we're seeing this the most because they're dealing with a lot of doors, right? And they need max occupancy, well, and they one, need to get those levels. Especially people buying like 
on a business plan that they need to execute. They sold the future of this yeah. investment. Oh, so that's like, all it is. Yeah. It's like, I'm over the next five years, I'm going to increase rents anywhere from 200 to $300 per unit by putting this money into it and stuff like that. But they're not really adding value to the property. All they're doing is saying rents can be higher. Yep. So I'm going to make rents higher just yeah. because you can't. It's like, but if you underwrite and you lessen your qualification of the tenants you get in there and you have a 150 unit apartment complex and all of a sudden your turnover starts happening a lot because people can't make rents, you're never going to meet your. And, the, and that's what we say, you know, like that's the risk with multifamily is that the good thing and the bad thing of multifamily is that it could be valued on its own in its own area, right? It has its own class to be valued it's at. Where on it's the like, property on, itself, not right. what did this one sell over here for It's not, last you don't year. comp it to the neighborhood. You don't comp it to houses. You comp it to itself. Like, is it fully occupied? What is its expenses? All these things. And that's kind of gives you the value of the property. So that's where it's also the biggest problem it has. Because if this happens, and not if, it is happening. Like, there are people, apartment complex, everything, that are starting to accept people that, are not hitting that three times rent. They're taking they need, that bigger risk. Make, they need to meet their performance. And they're selling they and they're selling this investment ahead of time. And we've gotten uh, investments pitched to us on multifamily. And we look at it and I'm like, these are all, these returns are all in future projections that you hopefully hit those numbers. But when you look at the economy, you look at if they do raise interest rates, if they do, all of that affects this whole investment. Yeah. And you're already buying at a really high, well, really low cap rate. You understand? So that you're buying this multifamily. Your margin for error is very small. Very small. And you're getting into it saying, you know, we're going to rent it at this just because we can, but not because it's worth that because you didn't do those improvements. So you're getting into it, not factoring in the cost of those improvements because you don't need to make them. So when that happens and all of a sudden your property doesn't meet the criteria because you never made those improvements and you overpaid for the like, property. And you can't drop rents. It's yep. like if we hit a, a, a in form of recession, and you're saying, oh, I can create rents in $200. And all of a sudden, you st- but all I have to do is paint the walls and put a, a light fixture and like some new carpeting and stuff like that, but not fix the air conditioner, fix the plumbing, fix the outside, make it that much better. Yeah. Um, and then we hit uh, any kind of issue. It's like, I don't want to pay $200 a month extra to live in something when it's like this apartment complex has the ability to keep rents maintained yeah. and stay where they're at. And so I'm going to go over there. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, and I think th- those are definitely going to be the people that are going to be doing much better are the ones that own these complex for the last five, 10 years. And they have the rooms, they've done the the right updates, they have the spreads, they have all that, that they're going to be able to say, yeah, I can take on a little bit more risk because I have the margins. But everybody that's buying complexes now and they're going in, like you're saying, you know, we can increase rents just because we can. And we're not going to improve the properties at all. And we're going to, you know, start taking in riskier tenants because not everybody's making the level of rent, you know, the income to the amount of rent that's increased. So it's like, man, that's uh, that's some tricky shit. And that's what we like about single family is that you have a million ways out of a single family home where on a multifamily, if you get underwater, like you're only selling to another investor. Yep. And another investor is going to want a discount. So you're getting screwed no matter what on yeah, something like that. For sure. And that's what people just really have to be very careful and like understand and follow history and just like realize like everybody's being greedy right now. You got to yeah. be fearful. You got to watch your back. Like, yes, you can refinance all the money out and at these low interest rates and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, but what makes you comfortable to sleep at night? 
Like for me, it's like I've read enough of two thousand eight, five, six, seven, and eight, and what happened. It's like I am not as risk on, and like I'm a little more risk adverse on those things of like sucking all the cash flow out of a property just because you can. Because well, then we can roll it into something else and create cash flow over there. It's like potentially, mm-hmm. or it's like, but what if not? So you're gonna risk everything to try to make a little bit more. Yeah, and that's just like I want to be like I'm a little more conservative in that because like. At the end of the day, like, I don't want to lose it all and start over. I've worked very hard. If in over long term, they say, yes, if you take more risk and like, you could potentially make more money at the end. It's like, but you could potentially not. Nobody focuses on the potentially not part. Exactly. It's like, yeah, but if I just keep going, I know I'll make money at the end. Like until you're in your fifties and you lose it all because you're trying to just make more, make more, make more because you have no end goal in sight of what you're really shooting for. It's like, I would rather just like, I'm just one piece at a time. Because I know for sure I keep this piece up. And by that time, it's like we're going to grow the business because we have a good, solid foundation. But if it's built on cheap money, cheap debt, and forcing appreciation just because the market's going up. And it's like you're playing a very risky game. And eventually that's going to caught up. Because one thing we talk about, like nobody's been smacked in the mouth since 2008. Yeah. And and so many new people since then have gotten into the market. Everybody's just like. Oh, but money, it's just always gone up. Like, look at the last 10 yeah. years. Everyone's just making money the last 12 years. Like, because at the very bottom 12 years ago, we've been on a massive bull run. And the last recession wasn't like any other recession because we knew what the problem was. It was COVID. But if you have a business cycle issue and you have, uh, like, no, government's not going to come in and just bail everybody out and say, we'll just give everybody money to stay home again. Because that's not the problem. That is the problem is that people are staying. We can't have people stay home. We need them to get back to work and fix these supply chain issues. Right. How do you throw money at that? It's not targeted like COVID was. It was like, all right, we're going to pay people to stay home. We're going to uh, uh, shore up the airlines. We're going to shore this stuff up. So when the economy does come back, we get this figured out. Everything's up and going again. But if a business cycle is just ending and running out of steam, yeah, those, bailout, do those bailouts don't make sense anymore because it's like, we don't know how long this is going to go if this is a long-term trend kind of thing. And that's the risk that we see too. It's like a lot of uh, investors look like geniuses right now because of the market is making them look like geniuses, but they don't understand investing. They don't understand, you know, what, why it is that they're making the money. They just know that they're buying a house, doing a little bit and selling it for more. And they're like, yeah, I made money. I'm so smart. And I'm like, do you even know why though? Or you're buying a complex and it's going up in value. You know, we're so good at this. Like, are you though? Or is the market making you look very smart? You under you truly understand this? Like, what's your hedge in case something happens? What do you mean? The market's not gonna crash. <laughs> like, that's your only hedge. The market's not gonna crash. Yeah, and that's to say, like everyone, like Airbnb, Airbnb, all Airbnb, everything's Airbnb. Like, it's like, yeah, because it's a hot asset because everyone's made a bunch of money recently with it. Yeah. It's like, but it's based on people moving around. In recessions, people don't move around. 